Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Good to see you, my friend. Is that a new Longhorns hat you have on? It's actually my oldest Longhorns hat that I own. I haven't seen that one. I used to rock it on the sideline at UT game. Oh, nice. And for those who forget, Nikki was a walk-on uh, his sophomore season at the wide receiver position. Um, all right, transfers, crazy. Recruiting, crazy. Uh, early signing period this week, so that's crazy exciting. Speaking of crazy. Um, still crazy. So we're, yeah. Still crazy. We're expecting a lot of news from the Longhorns, as we've had throughout this entire season. Sark has really done a masterful job, I feel, over the last couple of years, both in the portal and both in normal recruiting. You have to be honest with her. We have to be honest with ourselves, one is just as important as the other these days. You have to be oh, yeah. 50 parts one, 50 parts the other. Um, I mean, honestly, nowadays, I feel like the transfer portal is even more important because you're getting guys who are ready to step up right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Adonai Mitchell, who's, you know, one of the, the bright spots of this Longhorn roster this year. And, you know, he's a transfer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you had Joe Carter, who's a transfer, who made an impact. And there's guys all all around, left and right, that that get stuff done for us. And you know, I think we're in the mix for a lot of really big names at you know top of each position that can be immediate game changers and try to up their draft stock. I mean, you look at USC's quarterback, and he won the Heisman right after he transferred. And you know, all these quarterbacks that are going back and forth. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, he took care of business against us. That's the only loss that we had. Transferred to OU. Now he's transferring to Oregon. So I think it's you know, if not equally more important sometimes you know it's mm-hmm. it's like a in major league baseball when like you've got your homegrown talent that is ready to roll but you just have a few spots you know like your dh position maybe a corner outfield bat maybe like a front of the line rotation guy that you just need to get in there right away that you know could just be on a one-year deal or could you know prove to be successful for two years and at the, at the end of the day you know your ultimate goal is to to reach the the tippy top and win the championship and Obviously, you want to build a, a program where guys are going to want to come in each day and each in, in each year, um, you know, from the high school level on up and stay with the program. But you have to get guys that are ready to roll right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Makuba, Makuba, sorry, from Clemson, Clemson. DB. Yeah. Is, from is Austin, a guy. originally, too. So that, that should he is right in our backyard. Yeah. Makuba is a guy that we have to have on our radar, um, especially with a lot of the we have a lot of veteran talent, which is great for our upcoming preview. And we'll discuss in a couple moments against Washington and the Sugar Bowl because their strongest position is the wide receiver group. But ultimately, those guys are going need to need to be replaced. We also have guys that have entered the portal from our st- standpoint. Jalen Catalan, who's probably the most disappointing player, unfortunately, for us this season. He's once again answered enter the transfer portal. BJ Allen's in the transfer portal. Xavion Bryce is in the transfer portal. All DBs and sorry, Larry Turner Good also yeah. in the transfer portal so we have the Larry Turner a good one kind of stung for me because I felt like last year in his recruiting you know he was all in on Texas and it was like a big it was we celebrated when he when he finally yeah. heard us and I mean he he's like our neighbor he, he's listed as Playa del Rey and you know we're, we're <laughs> Rio del Rey Santa Monica guys but um but yeah man I mean like as a freshman it's like come on and stick it out one more year see if you can get a chance to get up on the roster but 
it wasn't going to fit, wasn't going to fit. At the end of the day, Quan always says they don't want to be here. We don't want them there anyway. Mm-hmm. I think the one that stinks for you most is Casey Kane, though, right? Yeah, I really liked Casey Kane. Um, I, I thought he had potential. You know, he couldn't see the field. And as your boy, Jonte Cook, this season, Sark runs tight sets, man. Like, you know, it's tough to really crack that rotation of the wide receiver group. He loves Worthy. He loves Mitchell, as he should. Both those guys are first-round first, first round caliber players. And obviously, Jordan Whittington, who, you know, who, who's a go-to, you know, security blanket guy. And, and at that standpoint, he has those three wide receivers working in there. He has his running backs. We get a lot of checkdowns, a lot more checkdowns, ironically, than we saw last year with them. We had with Bijan. Uh, they're getting worked into the receiving game. So that means Keelan Robinson, Jatavian Sanders or tight end pretty much acts as another wide receiver. And then Gunnar Helm's been getting a lot of action this year too. So it's tough to crack that group. I wish Casey Kane was sticking it out, but I guess, he, you know, he, he really didn't do enough necessarily to get that edge and, and really see the field. Like Savion Red did whatever he could to see the field. And, and now he's getting minutes um, where yeah. it counts. So that one stung for me for sure. Um, but other than that, nothing, nothing too crazy. It's the name of the game. Like you're saying, Dylan Gabriel, who, who handed us, you know, a loss, you know, at OU and by and large had the job next year. Uh, or, or, or so many of us think from the outside, Jackson Arnold, the incumbent freshman is supposed to be the Prince. That was the, the next Prince that was promised for the OU uh, heritage at the quarterback position. He's going to take over for Bo Nix who came in third in the Heisman and, and yeah. you know, a, a, the Ducks team that was one, one went away from, you know, making the college football playoff. So anything could happen. Guys can always be moving. We have to be prepared for guys to leave for us. But, you know, we mentioned Makuba. You you said is a guy an Austin kid. He's leaving Clemson and we're in the lead. He's also visiting Oregon. But Trey Moore, uh, UTSA guy, uh, one yep. of your one of your also fellow uh, brethren, an edge guy. We we can't have enough depth at that position. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and I think if you look at how we did this year on the D line, you know, we were number one in Big Twelve, number four rushing defense in the nation. We put Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Twelve. You know, a guy who finished in you know top ten of Heisman voting, mm. first team All American, Vondre Sweat. Uh, you know, Byron Murphy, like all, all these guys are proving the success of what we're being able to do on the D line and win in the trenches. And I think if you're a defensive lineman, you know, at a smaller program, that's looking to up your draft stock and, you know, potentially become an all American and head to the sec and play against the, the, the cream of the crop. then you have to be looking at Texas because, you know, we've been able to put out significant guys to, to go to the draft and put them in for the best possible success that they can have. And so, you know, a guy like Trey Moore is, is definitely interesting. There's, there's a guy out of Florida too. That you know, I think that could be, you know, a really big um, piece for us. I think he's taking a visit. I, I can't pronounce his name to be honest, but um, you know, at the end of the day, like we need to be able to win these, <clears throat> these, uh, these battles in the trenches, and to continue to continue to do that. Oh, uh, Xavier, like Xavier Filsimi, the safety. Say again, Xavier Filsimi, the safety. No, I was talking about the edge rusher from Florida. Oh. I forget his name. Apologies. I'll look okay. it up. Yeah, you look it up. But yeah, the Trey Moore, he's got 14 sacks at a UTSA and, and they played some good competition. Like, you know, it's not like he's coming from like a Juco school. No offense to Juco guys, but this guy, you know, UTSA is a solid program. And, and again, he put up there 14 sacks is a lot. And that's a great guy to have in the rotation next year with Burke, with Finkley, with Sorrell, with Anthony Hill, guys that can really get after the pass rusher. So it's Princely can- Uman Million. Uman Million. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, he's supposed to be a big, I think he's supposed to be a decent draft prospect. So if we could add him to the mix, um, again, with the Clemson safety, again, with Xavier Phyllis, Phyllis and me, 
Um, that's the trick that I've got. That's going to be a fun one to say too. If he, if he ends up flipping from Florida, that's where I thought you were talking about. Cause he's not yeah. a transfer. He's a guy that's committed to Florida. He's a five-star safety. Yeah, no, that's big too. He's taking a visit this weekend in Austin. A lot, a lot of big visits. So, I mean, at the end of the day too, we always have to keep the guys that are committed to us. You know, it's not finalized till they sign, not till it's on the dotted line. Luckily signing day is coming up and then we have another one coming up in February. Um, uh, Dominic, uh, McKinney is another guy that we were really high on as well that committed to AM and now there's some instability with their recruiting process and their their defensive line so I think he's reopening up his recruitment a little bit it hasn't decommitted yet but from what I'm hearing he's taking in home visits and you know Texas is right there at the top I mean that'd be huge if we're able to add these guys but yeah I mean you, you want to be that program that just is able to turn guys in and out left and right you know where it's not like okay we have a lull coming up because we lost to Vondre Sweat. No, like you want to be like Bama, you want to be like Georgia, or each and every year you're putting out five or six, you know, first, second, third round draft picks. I mean, Bama's got five All Americans this year, and I think next year they can probably do the exact same thing. And year after yeah. that, exact same thing. And it's not even like five All Americans at like you know the same spot. Like it's not like their offense is just dominating. They have Dallas Turner, they have Kool Aid McKinstry, they have J.C. Latham, they have so many talented. You know they have Chris Brazewell, they have so many talented guys at so many different positions. And I think this is the first year in a long time the Texas Longhorns got to see that. So you know Ringo Ryan Wingo, who signed with us at the wide receiver spot um, from St. Louis, he's coming in to visit this weekend with Colin Simmons, who's been such a massive. He was such a massive get for us after getting Anthony Hill last year. He's yep. another guy. I'm sure he's looking at this like, okay, Hill's ahead of me, Burke's probably ahead of me still. If I could work in with Sorrell, I could work in with Finkley. We'll see what happens if Trey Moore signs, but. You know, kind of inversely to the wide receiver group that we were talking about, the defense rotates so much. Yeah. So many guys get to see the field and they kind of ride the hot hand, which is if you're a talented freshman like Colin Simmons, you look at the impact Anthony Hills had for us this year and you got to go, okay, that could be me next year. Yeah, I was about, literally just about to say that. You took the words from my mouth. I mean, it, it, and, and I think that's why we had so much success this year against the run is because our guys were so fresh, right? You're not gassed. Mm -hmm. When you're playing against a team that's just going to run it down your throat, for chunk yardage, right? Six, seven yards. You know, maybe they're breaking out 20 yard runs every other play. Um, that gasses you as a defense. And so for yeah. them to be able to plug the run, rotate a guy in and out there, plug the run, rotate another guy in and out there, it's huge. And I you know I think Anthony Hill led all freshmen this year in snaps uh on the defensive side of the ball, which is huge. And look, he's we know we've we know we I think we've seen enough. We know he's gonna be a star next year and the year after that, he'll probably be a first round draft pick. But you're right. If Colin Simmons is is looking at a Texas defense and taking, you know, it's a different position, but taking Anthony Hill's trajectory kind of as like a a similar path for himself, then you know that's that's all the the juice you need to to go out there and and just recruit your butt off if you're also looking for guys to be on your team and and help create this iron defense. Yeah, I mean, look, the, this defense was fantastic this year, and it's going to the SEC next year, and it. And it proved well, you know, against Alabama. We may see Alabama again if things go correctly uh, in the national championship for us. Um, but and then hopefully again, if we get if we get him round two, that we could still take care of business. But if you're an incoming freshman, like we say all the time, or an incoming transfer, and you see this Texas defense, it's now it's now a group that you're not being. It's now a group that you're not like, okay, I'm going to save this defense. I can be a part of a great defense. We've moved past the point of like, all right, you know, you're going to be the guy that resurrects the defensive side of the football for the Texas Longhorns. Right. No, now you're a guy that's going to contribute to a national championship caliber defense.
Right. That's what we are. Like whether we win the national championship, whether we win the Sugar Bowl or not, this Texas defense is a national championship caliber defense. Hence 100%. why they were put by the committee in the college football playoff. Hundred percent. And you know what's funny is that I think for a time we were always just like saying in the quantum say the same thing, you know, where it's we're trying to be in the mix for these big five star recruits, whether it's Arch Manning or um, you know, Quinn Ewers or, or just guys that make huge impacts in recruiting and are, are big names sought after by every program. And the recruiting pitch was always like, don't you want to be the guy that brings Texas back? Don't you yeah. want to be the guy to start the revolution? Right. Like, I think that was even part of like the recruiting pitch in like the like 2018 or 2019, where it was like revolution 18 or I don't know what it was, but that like start the revolution to bring Texas back essentially. Yeah. And we're way past that point now. It's don't you want to be part of this Texas team that is starting to dominate heading into the mm. SEC, you know, that's in the college football playoff. You know I mean? Bama is not the type of school. Georgia's not the type of school to be like, don't you want to bring Georgia back? Don't you want to bring Bama back? No, it's like, come, come join excellence. And that's mm. what we want. You know, at the end of the day, it's funny that we even thought of ourselves that way, but look, I mean, I, hopefully this isn't just like a one-off one-off year and we stumble into the, to the SEC conference. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we got to continue to take care of business. And, you yeah. know, this is step one right here. I mean, I love that we're in the midst of the college football playoff, but still recruiting our butts off. And that's yeah. how it should be, you know, and that's why Coach Sark is AP Coach of the Year. Yeah, 100%. Like, you got to, you have to be fully in the mix of like, you, again, like, you can't just be unfortunately focused on the game coming up. You know, this is just, this is just such a massive part. It's not the NFL. Like, we're okay. There's an offseason, there's a draft, and, and there's schedule of blocks. Like, it's pretty much year round is recruiting. So, even if you're a team like us, like, you can't take your foot off the gas. Um, and there's and use coach- it to your advantage too. Use use the fact. Oh that yeah. In this, you know, like the guys that are coming to visit, you know, show them a little bit. Be like, oh yeah, this is how we're game planning this week for uh, Washington in the college football playoff. <laughs> that game's in three weeks. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, speaking of that, we're gonna go through position groups as we get closer daily. Um, let's just start with the biggest one, right? Their wide receiver group. Uh, Romo Dunze is fantastic. Jalen Polk is also a guy that's probably not going to go in the first round like Romo Dunze, but he can easily be, he could be a guy, honestly, that does slip into late round of the first round, late end of the first round, but he'll definitely be a day two pick. And Jalen McMillan's a guy who missed a lot or missed half the season, but he came back strong and had nine receptions for over a hundred yards against the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. gave Jaden Daniels as close of a run in the Heisman as we've seen in a long time. And he's gotten a lot, you know, of the spotlight this year for the Washington Huskies, but it's really this three-headed receiver duo that's going to be in line to give our defense some fits we know how strong our defensive line is we know how strong the run game is um but there have been questions you know whether it be ryan watts's health uh whether it be the youth we have on the defensive backfield with terrence brooks and malik muhammad being our arguably our, our number two and number three corners um our safeties having excellent games sometimes and then sometimes kind of falling flat so to me this is probably the biggest position group battle and the breaking point of the sugar bowl if you know, asking to shut down Roman Junze, who's an, who's a pro, right? Who's a six, three, yeah. 220 pound monster. Um, and is not only just so great with the long ball, but can break tackles and, and can really run a lot of routes, um, asking to shut him down and cancel him out completely. can be wishful thinking, but really sticking it to me, to those other two guys and having, you know, guys like Gavin Holmes step up and having Baron and having Thompson step up and really create some help, and, you know, locking down Polk and locking down McMillan as much as we possibly can. They're limited. That's going to be a real key for me in the sugar bowl. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a lot of inexperience out there in the secondary, mm-hmm. a lot of youth. Um, and they've they've stepped up, you know, at the end of the day they have. But I, I, there needs to be a, a 
solid game plan to corral this offense. Cause I mean, look, we've seen it like Penix can let the ball go and they can have a 500 yardage day. Mm -hmm. Um, What I want to do is I really want to make, I want to force them to run the ball and they've Mm -hmm. got a great running back in Dylan Johnson as well. I mean, that, that guy rushed for over a thousand yards, had 14 total touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that he's a guy that could be a a game changer for them and they want to be a team that can prove that they can run the ball against this Texas defense too. But if I'm, if I'm us, I'm trying to shut down the pass as much as possible in the looks that I'm giving where, you know, maybe I'm rolling out uh, a fourth defensive back out there and making them run the ball because I trust Mm -hmm. our front seven. I really do. Those guys can, can put up and look, Penix isn't the most mobile quarterback. He definitely, you know, can rush the ball, but it's not like he's the type of guy that Jaden Daniels is, you know, Penix on the year has negative 18 rushing yards. So like he really hasn't rushed the ball at all. He's a pocket passer. So, you know, the the struggles that we've had all season long were with guys who can also run the ball and throw the ball. Dylan Gabriel, our only loss, you know, rushed all over us. So if we can just keep him in the pocket, I I have faith in our defensive line to create pressure um, because I don't think that their O-line has seen a defensive line like ours this far. Mm. The pressure that yeah. we create is nothing compared to what they've seen in the Pac-12. Or, or yeah. all the way around. Nothing they've seen in the Pac-12 is, is compared to what we have. So... I think that'll give our our uh, secondary somewhat of a break on these receivers, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're going up against pros, like it's it's a tall task, but you got to rise to the occasion because at the end of the day, this is good game footage for you to become a pro one day. Yes, and I, I again, like I, I think it's a really good point. Uh, you know, we talk about our DBs, Jalen Ford. If he does drop back in coverage, I know he's a linebacker, obviously, but he has to really step up. But Terrence Brooks is probably the biggest key. He's becoming, as I think more and more about this game, he's becoming the player I'm keying in on. He he yeah. really had a fantastic season. He uh, in 43 targets this season, he only allowed 18 18 receptions, which is good for 42 percent. Um, he led the team in pass breakups, or sorry, was second in pass breakups, um, you know, behind Muhammad, behind Thompson. And he really had a fantastic season. He had three picks, and he's only a sophomore, which we're so happy about that we get to have him back next year. But he may be tasked, depending on Watt's health, with guarding a guy like Rome or with yep. getting, you know, or finding himself in single coverage with a guy like Polk, who is again a professional receiver. Um, so yeah, these guys yeah. are not and these guys are missing Derek Williams for the first half because of that targeting call. So exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a looming penalty. So guys like Taft is gonna have to step up, Thompson Barron again, who I've mentioned, like this is really gonna take a team effort. They're gonna throw seven different kinds of smoke with us. Their tight ends can catch the ball, their fourth receiver can catch the ball, but this real three-headed monster of Polk McMillan and Roma Jones is going to be super dangerous and I, I think it's getting glossed over in the media a lot with the hype of Penix and the hype of this Texas team the excitement that Texas is back in the college football playoff or isn't it sorry in the college football playoff, back in general but in the college football playoff for the first time I think this three-headed monster is being overlooked yeah no I mean I I think if we're smart we're not overlooking it but I mean if any 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 time that you got a player on your team that's mentioned to potentially be a top 10 draft pick, top 15 draft pick the following year, you got to pay close attention. And, and Rome is going to find himself on a, on a team next year um, and make a lot of money and potentially be, you know, a top fantasy draft pick for a lot of people. I mean, I, th- I think he's that talented. He can right away be first receiver taken, maybe, maybe second behind Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. But, but still, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting task for, for our guys to, to step up, but I, I think we'll rise to the occasion. Yeah, me too. I would I would love to see some sort of double. I think Muhammad is a little too inexperienced to be guarding him, but I would love like if Watts is healthy, that's all Watts. 
but if he's lingering a little bit, throw Watts out there, um, maybe on Polk and let you know and let it some kind of duo of Brooks and Thompson or Brooks and Barron take yeah. care of him. And on the flip side as well, I mean, our receivers versus their their DBs, I mean, it's going to be the same thing for them. You know, they've got a Muhammad on their side of the ball too, who's a DB. Interesting yeah. enough, I mean, it's the most common name in, in the world, but um, it, is, it is. But <laughs> thanks, you know, I mean, at the same time, like we've got two guys right now that could potentially go at the end of the first, early second. You know, even Jay Witt might find himself getting drafted, you know, in the, the fourth or fifth round. Um, so they've got a tall task as well. And it's a different type of task because I think what they're used to in the Pac-12 is, you know, one wide receiver that can just beat you deep, you know, mobile quarterbacks. With us, man, I mean, we've we've got so many ways to create space for these wide receivers, whether it's screen plays, bubbles, uh, reverses, you know, uh, jet sweeps, slants, like you go with the deep ball. I mean, I just think that there's so many different route combos and, and trees that they run here that um are unique to to college football i mean these guys really carry themselves as professionals i mean say what you will about xavier word these drops he's a tremendous route runner and of course he's got blazing speed but at the end of the day i mean this should be a really fun battle between both position groups i agree i think uh, yeah I, I think you know all the compliments we give to sark you know and uh about creating these routes and creating these plays and putting ourselves putting our team in that position um the washington huskies do the exact same thing right it's it's they, they are always running really creative routes kalen DeBoer is such a good head coach and you know you always find guys like like rome polk and mcmillan they're always using their speed and their ability to really move and they're always running you know, like not like the dolphins but like kind of similar to us right yeah. like we always have guys in motion and, and i saw a lot of that when i saw them up close and personal at usc um, so I think it's almost, yes, our DBs have to go up against their wide receivers on the field, but a battle of whose receiving group can really dominate more and, and who can get more creative and gutsy in the play calling, I think is also another one that we'll, we'll have to dissect as we keep going forward, but we'll see you guys tomorrow. Hopefully some more announcements happen in the recruiting trail. We'll cover some more positions. Maybe we'll do a little defensive offensive line tomorrow, which will be pretty fun and keep, and keep in mind, we still have some big guests to come before the matchup on New Year's day. Uh, in new orleans at the sugar bowl fisher dj nikki snacks Crider with his oldest longhorns hat on his head from back on the sidelines me i'm random, i'm rocking a random seattle supersonics hat um but i will be back in my longhorns gear tomorrow we'll see you guys get your horns up hook them baby Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.